0: Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. The pressure is mounting on Governor Eric Greitens following his admission of an extramarital affair. There have been several calls for him to resign. There's no indication he will heed them, but there is likely political fallout and damage. Joining me to take a closer look at the impact on government and state business are St. Louis Public Radio's new political editor, Fred Ehrlich, whom we welcome to our station and welcome to this program. Fred, great to have you with us. Thank you, Don. Also with us is political reporter Joe Manis. Hi. Hi, Okay, here we go. It's been, what, almost two weeks now, I guess, since the word came out. About 10 days. Something like that. Uh, Joe, I'll start with you. How is it impacting government to this point, or, or is it this whole scandal?
1: Well, I think Fred has a more detailed list, but basically the bottom line is that things are maybe a little slower, and there's all this talk in the halls and in offices about stuff, many of which is just rumors. And I want to emphasize, we don't I really don't want to get into rumors sure. because there's always rumors about stuff. But for the most part, they've been trying to do, quote, business as usual. But there's this all in the back of of the minds is what may or may not happen. Um, one of the key things is that the governor – it's not like the governor is roaming the halls lobbying people. He's not doing that. The few statements he's put out have either been, have been on social media. He just tweeted something a little bit ago saying he found a few more state cars they're going to – get rid of so he's basically you know he's been in hiding and actually yeah. until the last even the last 24 hours but he hasn't done the big my cult or the big press conference or any of that just written statements. Right. Fred
2: Arnick uh, you have a list. Well I, I completely agree with with Joe I mean we're not at a standstill but we're not moving at normal pace either uh, the house did move forward a bit uh, it sent Lobbyist uh, bills on lobbyist gifts, human trafficking, and hair braiding to the to the Senate this week. Uh, Senate Floor Leader Mike Kehoe said he expects uh, action on the lobbyist gifts soon in the Senate. And Senate Pro Tem Ron Richards said he doesn't think the scandal has really affected business in the Senate. Of course, I'm not I'm not buying that. Um, you know, they're going to say that publicly, but we know that it's just not the there's obviously no momentum from the state of the state speech that all got buried on the same night as the allegations uh, came out The the tax reform uh, statewide tour is on hold and there's no budget although we may get one on Monday well the statewide tour was something that
0: he was counting on to build public support for the tax plan now we have a couple of bullet points and that's all anybody knows about it
1: right it's very general and um, as I've mentioned before his tax cut proposal, which is not, he hasn't put any details out, would be on top of the tax cuts that were approved by the General Assembly and signed, I mean, o- over the objections of then Governor Jay Nixon in 2014. That's still being put into effect. And then the state knows that there is an impact from the federal tax cuts that were approved in December. The estimates vary, but the last numbers that came out of the Budget Division showed that for the current budget that we're in now, they're, uh, they're revising the estimate down so that the state expects to receive from all sources about $150 million left less, which means that could be $150 million more in uh, budget cuts or cuts in programs that might need have to be made before this fiscal year ends at the end of June if uh, other things don't uh, improve the bottom line. So his tax cuts would be on top of that. So that's got some legislators concerned, even some of those who publicly say they have to be for tax cuts.
0: And some of them may be thinking that they might not be dealing with this governor. They might be dealing with the gentleman who now holds the number two position.
1: Yeah, well, they have to keep that in mind. And as we've written and my colleague Jason Rosenbaum has written, um, there's a number of policy differences between Governor Eric Greitens and Lieutenant Governor Mike Parson, even though they're both Republicans. I mean, Parson is a uh, former state senator. He has good ties with many of the people in the General Assembly, unlike the governor. Parson supports the low-income housing uh, tax credit program. I mean, there's various things, but that's that's probably one glaring example where there are differences between the two, which could have an effect on policy, which I think really is the most important thing. It's not so much the, the People magazine stuff, but the... Um, what actually affects people's lives.
0: Fred, are you sensing any momentum building for uh, in the calls for the governor's resignation? The last count I had five Republicans had uh, made such a call. I,
2: I really don't. And, uh, and I don't. I, I know a lot of people may disagree with me, but uh, I just don't see him uh, resigning. He, it's just th- this. this is not his way of doing things. Um, I, I think he's going to try to move forward. He's, he's in effect uh, boxed in by his own style, I feel. You know, he tightly controlled public appearances, tightly controlled media access. You know, unlike a lot of political uh, scandals where the official will go on sort of a repentance tour, he's not going to do that, even though I think the public wants it, and he probably should. Um, Joe, is, Joe has seen this from other politicians.
1: Yeah, if you remember uh, Lieutenant Governor Peter Kinder, when the whole thing about the stripper came out in 2012, oh, yeah. even though some of the GOP big donors um, were announcing they weren't going to support him, they wanted to get him to get out of his bid for re-election, they backed his rival. Um, what Kinder did was that he did four or five uh, one-on-one interviews with reporters. I was one of them, and he answered any questions, whatever. I had a really long story, Peter going – into his relationship with this ex-stripper, and uh, he survived it. I mean, it was titillating for a few days, but then he he survived it. And by the time that he ran for governor in 2016, it was mentioned, but it wasn't a big deal. In some ways, this reminds me a little bit, although I want to emphasize there's big differences, between the last high-profile governor, which is probably Elliot Spitzer of New York, If you Mm -hmm. recall, uh, shortly after he was uh, elected, there was all this big hope on what he would mean. He was a Democrat. Turned out he'd been visiting um, strippers, was client number nine. (laughs) And uh, I mean, I mean, prostitutes, sorry. And which was illegal, which was a whole whole different thing. And of course, he had an image of a law and order guy. Now, so in some ways, what's hurt uh, Greitens is that his image as this family man with these pictures with him, his wife and his two little children, all that, that has been a centerpiece of his campaign and all these, um, reports that may or may not be true. And I want to emphasize, he has not been charged with anything illegal. Um, so that's where he has taken a hit. So that's why it reminds me a little bit of the New York case.
0: And then, then, then there's Mark Sanford, also who uh, took that famous uh, non-trip down the Appalachian Trail, and uh, when actually he was in Latin America with a, with his
2: mistress. He's been since elected to Congress.
1: Yeah, yeah. Even though he was forced out as governor, he's mm-hmm. now in Congress. Yeah. And
2: Don, I don't see these rumors slowing down. I mean, they're just going to keep swirling. Rumors that there's there are other women, right? Okay. Right. And you know, we we have very strict guidelines on what we're going to report here, and we're not going to report on rumors. We're only going to report on facts from reliable sources. But uh, the the governor's attorney just issued another statement today uh, in response to rumors that the governor is going to resign today because that's been the big rumor overnight and into the morning. He said there's zero truth to that. He's he's not resigning.
0: Well, as we pointed out, uh, uh, there are others who have survived this kind of scandal. One thing that comes to my mind, actually two things I would want to mention, and we've alluded to one of them, and that is the fact that he has this really uh, uh, bad attitude toward legislators. Uh, You know, this may be be coming back to haunt him. Um, There is that that uh, he has to deal with, but they can't put pressure on him to resign, really, can they?
1: Well, they can, but what, but unless something else comes out, I mean, it's it, it. He had, he didn't listen to them before, so he's not necessarily going to listen to them now. I mean, I think the fact that he had such poor relationships with the General Assembly is one of the things that's probably hurt his whole agenda, because. Um, there weren't people he could go to and say, Hey, look, let's do this or let's do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not being great in style. He puts out a big video on Facebook saying, Hey, I want to do this. And maybe some lawmakers like that and maybe some don't. I mean, it's most of his vo- most vocal critics in the General Assembly are fellow Republicans. So now, when he needs support, and he and his wife were on the phone last week calling different people, uh, lawmakers, you know, begging to, uh, Get behind him. Many of them have been quiet; they're just waiting. But th- these are not his friends.
2: You, you can't set you can't set yourself up as an outsider, and then when you get in trouble, try to be an insider with these people. Another part of the equation is the
0: fact that this is coming out at a time when the entire nation is having a discussion about uh, relationships uh, such as this, and that that you know would I think uh, put a supercharger in any kind of efforts to deal with 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 him in this situation.
1: Yeah, I think uh, and I mean, I want to make it clear the specific case that we're talking about took place before he even launched his campaign for governor. And I want to be fair about that. And um, but again, in this type of environment, especially when you're campaigning as a family values person, that doesn't matter. Right.
0: You know, uh, we must point out for those who don't know that uh, Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner is conducting an investigation and there are potential criminal charges out there if she chooses to file them uh, concerning blackmail and taking a a photo of a person in undress uh, without, uh, without their consent. Consensual sex is not illegal, but blackmail and the photos like that
1: are. But that's only if the woman comes forward. I mean, what we have is an audio that was circulated by the now ex-husband of what she told him and what she thought was a private setting. I'm not sure um, if that audio in and of itself would be have much value. She would probably have to be willing to cooperate with authorities. I, I'm not saying if she would or wouldn't. Last time I talked to her lawyer, which was a few days ago, you know, she doesn't – She wants nothing to do with this. She's extremely embarrassed about all the stuff that's come out so far. And um, so until she's out there or unless she cooperates with authorities, I'm not sure how far any of this is going to go on that point – on those points.
0: Kim
2: Gardner certainly knows who she is.
1: Yeah, of course. Sure. Most of us know who she is. I mean who are involved (laughs) in the press or whatever. Yes.
2: But I would think it's just going to be very hard to build a case if you don't have a cooperative victim.
1: Yes. I mean, and you see that in anything. I mean, it's not just in this case. Right. I mean, that's that's a, a problem, frankly, in a lot of domestic violence cases.
0: What would you, uh, Joe, what would you be looking for in the next days and, and weeks ahead in this, this situation, not with regard to charges, but with regard to the governor and the way he's going to have to kind of come out of this uh,
1: tailspin? Yeah. I mean, I think he missed his best opportunity. I will say this. Frankly, and not that they care what I think, but just to, from a strategic standpoint, okay, this came out late on Wednesday by Friday, frankly, last Friday. I think he should have been in front of cameras, taken the medicine, maybe even repeated his statement that he and his wife had put out late Wednesday, uh, fielded some questions, and then, then tried to move on, uh, or then even go into seclusion. Instead, he's been in seclusion all this time. Now he's trying to come out with a little video here or there on an issue thing, that's not going to be enough. If he wants to be effective, he is going to have to get out there and he's going to have to be willing to answer questions on some of the stuff, even if they're questions that are distasteful.
0: Yeah, he's going to have to do it sooner or later.
1: Yeah, and it just it, it just hurts him as far as trying to get out of this tailspin, trying to get his agenda forward. I mean, his national reputation right now is, is – Gone yeah but it doesn't mean it couldn't come back, but it it could take a long while. A
2: final thought, Fred, in fifteen seconds on this i'm I'm absolutely with with Joe he has to come out publicly to move forward yeah. well there it is uh, ten days old now
0: and we're talking about it today and we'll be talking about it for some time to come I'm sure Joe Manis and Frederick thank you so much for being with us Thank you see you
1: thanks for having me.
0: Archive versions of past St. Louis on the Air programs are available for download or podcast at stlpublicradio.org. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Thank you for listening. I'm Don Marsh.